Welcome to Style Zephyr, brought to you by the Alec Bradley Cigar Company, home of cigars like Tempest, Coil, Sanctum, Mundial, and Cigar Aficionado's 2011 Cigar of the Year, the Prensado, makers of premium cigars since 1996. Live true with Alec Bradley. And now your hosts, Kevin Quinn and Arthur Mingo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Welcome to episode two of Style Zephyr over at StyleZephyr.com. We are once again coming to you on location at Casa de Monte Cristo, 1332 West 55th Street in Countryside, Illinois. Once again, enjoying some uh, really nice Alec Bradleys. Actually, tis the season. I got myself a filthy hooligan from Alec uh, Bradley from their uh, Black Market line. This guy's absolutely fantastic. Got a max over there. So, yeah, we are maxing it out definitely tonight. I want to thank everybody once again for tuning into the website, tuning into the show, the website so far, and also the first episode. Got some really great feedback. Got to have a lot more topics coming at you really, really soon. Got to have a little bit more frequency. Going to be a little bit more organized as well. Got our, my buddy Arthur over there. Arthur, how's your day going? Uh, my day is going very well. Uh, I'm glad to be here and glad to be above ground. Absolutely. Although, uh, technically speaking, I am below ground because this is a basement. It is. Yes. We're the VIP lounge over at Casa. It's fantastic. Got some fresh coffee, got some cobalt just in case. You know, we're hitting the mood. Yeah. Really setting the ambiance. <laughs> Andy Husky. So we're going to get it right on into it. We're going to be a little bit more organized. We decided we're going to be a little bit more straightforward to the point. Today we're pretty much going to be talking about a lot of folks when we're at work or when we're just kind of hanging out, going you know, going out, whatever. What we wear basically when we're not at work, which kind of led the conversation between us to be, you know, when did we start actually paying attention to stuff that we were wearing? I'll, I'll kind of just hit it off, but for myself, I would say that I was in junior college. That was probably, yeah, probably junior college. I was going to Payless Hills, Illinois, uh, Moraine Valley, the Harvard, basically, of community colleges. And a lot of people were, right? It was probably around then when I started kind of noticing what other people were wearing. It's mostly always been about what other people were wearing because it's like when you look around at folks, it's either, especially younger guys, they want to... The younger guys there wanted to look a certain way. They want to look quote unquote fancy. They want to look a little bit more. They just want to embellish their outfits. And it came down to like, my God, like if you could just iron your shirt, if you could just get a better pair of jeans, if they were a better pair of shoes, they were like the squared toes. You like square toe shoes? No, I, no, I'm saying like that's what they were wearing. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But it was even this worse. podcast is over. If you like square toe no, shoes? No, 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 no yeah, believe me. <laughs> It, it was a matter of, which actually that's a whole other conversation for, based on some uh, yeah. stock that we keep in the store and what, the, what like the practicality behind them. But they were not just the square-toed shoes, but they were like the troll, not the troll shoes, but like they were like the elf shoes where it was like they would come off like up and around. Mm. Just like the goofiest. And I remember one guy walking around, It was uh, there was a cyber cafe that we had and it was um, between the cyber cafe and the library and these particular guys would always kind of like walk around there. I remember one guy being on his phone, black shoes like those, black pants, black dress shirt, untucked, which that'll, untucked shirts is going to be a whole other episode by itself, just on my behalf, and a black scarf. And I thought, okay, either this guy is coming from a funeral or he works the cosmetic, uh, the cosmetic area over at Macy's. No disrespect to people at Macy's, but that was just what he looked like in my mind. And I'd like, okay, to each their own. I just think that looks beyond gaudy. It's not that it's beyond gaudy, and I, I think you can wear all black, but you have to know how to wear all black. 
Right. And to a certain extent, if you're going to be monochromatic, if you're going to be wearing all red, all black, all blue, whatever color, or even all white, I mean, unless, you, unless you're going to wear, like, you know, robes because you are part of a Druid organization, <laughs> you need to make sure that what you're wearing, that the cuts fit your body. And from what you're describing, it just seemed like he just picked up everything that was black and put it on. Right, precisely. And, like, yes, black goes together, but there are shades of black. And so when you wear all black, you want to ask yourself, do you want to have the same shade of this color? Or if you're going to have different shades, there has to be some, there has to be some method to the madness. You just right. can't go in your closet and go, dom, 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 dom. I'm taking all the black. Because then you'll right. get stories like this. Right. And it's going to lead us to a, co- a topic uh, pretty soon as regards to um, what Arthur brought up a little bit a couple minutes ago about our closet and designing it around ourselves. But it was guys like that who I just thought, you know what? There is such a thing as, you know, even like nowadays with like interior design, when they, you know, the whole movement of minimalistic and the idea of less is more. I know, he's fist bumping right now. So I just thought, okay, you know, it's a very simple mantra. And there's a couple of different mantras that I live by, especially being in logistics where I believe in jinxing myself and all those kinds of things. Um, sometimes less is more. And it, I went by simple sophistication. If you can just go with... It, it would be like you're someone's dad who, and I get folks in my shop. Oh, this is us a dad shoe, or he always wears this. He always like he always wears plaid. It'll be like for the guys who always wear plaid, and suddenly they're in a solid. And it's like wow, like you look really good in that. If it was something that like complemented your skin tone, if it brought out your eyes, a lot of times I was actually wearing polos that matched my my hair, like that UPS kind of brown, and I would wear those around with like some really cool like some doctor shorts or anything else like that, like no car, no, like no more cargo shorts. But it was like, okay, cool, like this complements like my figure, this complements my hair, which that didn't even happen until we were both down in Springfield at U of I. Because right. I would remember going to Macy's by myself, just you know, I'd be I would be working on homework all day long on a Saturday. And I thought, you know what, I, I want a me day. So I'd get my homework done, I'd go out to downtown Springfield, which is pretty much like the equivalent I mean, downtown Springfield itself closes at four o'clock. Uh that, 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 that's on the weekdays on the weekends it closes at 3 <laughs> mm. that's true that's, that's absolutely true yeah, the, I, yeah my, that was actually kind of an understatement what I was saying and, and, and I want to just say for the record that Springfield is actually a wonderful place but you have to work to sort of find the fun things that's they're not, true they're not thrust upon you like in Chicago or other big cities where it's just like boom there it is right. Springfield you gotta sort of suss it out as it were do you remember those climate surveys? Again, not to digress too much, but those climate surveys they had us take. They had about nine or ten laptops in uh, the auditorium building. I Whatever the hell the building was called. I don't I remember. Never, I never took them. I never oh, no, 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 nor did I. But it was a climate survey, and the main idea behind it was, uh, you know, your feeling about being inclusive in the campus. Did you feel comfortable? Were there enough student events, everything else going on? And the woman, I was, I remember going through there with, um, with a girlfriend of mine, and... I remember the woman kind of asking me, oh, would you like to take the survey? I said, oh, no, thank you. It was, nobody ever had classes on Fridays. I had just gotten out of class on a Thursday, and I'm making my way out. And I thought to myself, I want to get home. So I want to get on the 55 as fast as I can, make my way towards Chicago. I was starting to explain to this very kind lady. I said, oh, I have to get home. I got to go to Chicago. I don't quite know what led to her saying this, but she said, what's the difference between Chicago and Springfield? And I thought to myself, about two and a half million? People. Right. If we take all of the cornfields that's in Springfield and Springfield area and every stop of corn, we turn it into a person, then we, make, we will move from Springfield to Chicago. And again, I know we are digressing a bit here, so we, we will begin to close real quickly. Right. But 
Springfield, you gotta work for it. Mm-hmm. You have to work for it. You have to know. It's one of those things like you have to be in the know to right. know about Springfield. Mm-hmm. In Chicago, you could literally drive into Chicago, right. pick a neighborhood, and you're gonna find some good food. You're gonna hear some music someplace. You're gonna find something to go. Springfield, eh, apart from maybe three bars downtown, sure. You need to know where stuff is. The better bars. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have a me day and I would go to Macy's and just to just to browse because the Macy's was always kind of typically unhappening and you know it was still you know Ralph Lauren a couple other nicer vendors and I would just go there and you start to kind of notice like okay the guys that were younger my age were either shopping with their moms and this is like the fun, like the men's formal wear section and they're either shopping with their moms older guys shopping with their wives or a little bit older than us at that time, shopping with girlfriends and or you know wives or whatnot. And I thought, how cute. Back then, I did say it in a condescending way. Now I think about it, and it was like, okay, like now I can walk into, let's say, Men's Warehouse, for example, or Joseph A. Bank, or any of our clothiers, and you know they offer very politely to measure you, mm-hmm. and I'll just say, hey, thirty-eight regular. Give me a sixteen-inch in the neck, thirty-four, thirty-five in the uh, shirt, especially if it's going to be a French cup shirt. The only thing you will possibly give me is a slim fit shirt, so help you God if you give me a slim tie. Because I'm a very I'm very traditional in my ties. Alright, so if we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about ties here for just a quick minute, and then we're gonna we're gonna get back to your story. Alright. When you think of a slim fit tie, alright, how slim are we talking about? What is it? Two small it's smaller than two inches, right? Right, because a slim, uh, so a traditional tie is between two and a half and three and a half inches wide at the bends, which mm-hmm. is where the, the, the V where it starts to cut back in there. Right. So there are like skinny ties, which are like two and a half to one and a half, and then you have like your ultra skinny ties, right. which are less than one and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, could you even handle the one and a half, two and a half, or is that still too skinny for you? I was dating a girl. Very, very briefly, her, she said her favorite, she liked skinny ties, and her favorite color was purple. So to try to win some brownie points with her, I bought a slim, uh, skinny uh, purple tie. I have not worn it to this day, because I don't like it that much. Is it plain purple? Or I, don't, it... I don't remember. I, oh. I do not remember. Like, I have no recollection of what it was. Mm. But, I mean, I know, especially when it comes to different, you know, suit manufacturers nowadays, like, let's say Top Man, for example... They are, they are more about accentuating your body, like your body type. And that was what I was kind of learning as I started buying these suits. Because I only had about two suits at the time. Now I've kind of lost count. I've got between 11 and 13 blazers. Um, and even then, you know, have a great relationship. You know, find a tailor, have a great relationship with a tailor. And even after UIS, or even during UIS, I found clearance racks. And you would be beyond amazed at what you can even find on the clearance rack. A three hundred dollar, a very simple three hundred dollar blazer. You, I found for thirty five bucks. Had it tapered in the waist, I in the waist. I should say like the upper, I don't know, abdominal area. And I've gotten loads of compliments on it. It has a really, really nice, like a uh, kind of like a paisley esque, like deep navy blue, green and white inside liner. It's a beautiful jacket. Like, and I'm gonna keep on wearing it. And I love how the even the buttonholes on it have like a really nice uh, white stitch trim to it. Mm-hmm. You know, can dress it up. I've worn it out for, you know, going out on dates. I've worn it for casual. I'm going to be wearing it with, uh, like, a lot of brand new spring inventories are coming in in a lot of stores. Um, going to kind of probably get, like, some nicer, like, pink or red shirts. Uh, kind of, extend, you know, 
make that red, and then there's a navy blue medallions in the shirt pattern. Kind of make that pop a little bit more with the blazer. Where my favorite Levi's got some our oil tan sneakers are beautiful for this time of year right now. Make that pop, you know. Make it. You know, not you can have a blazer and not always have it be starchy. You can not always have it be very formal. You can always, you know, just make it a, a smart business casual. You know, make it like a cool casual. Just trying to dress up and make it still a little bit better. So, any husky. It, it comes down, in my opinion, it just came down to, it's like going to a fine restaurant, like a, like a fine dining restaurant, when there's no salt and, pepper, salt and pepper shakers on the table. That's a sense to me of confidence in the food and in the staff and the ownership, where when you have better ingredients, better main dishes, like a, a great piece of meat, a great piece of fish, properly. done right, and again, less is more. Yes. And ever since then, that's basically been me, where, you know, all my shirts in my closet, for the most part, I try to have them by color, I'll have them by pattern, by textures, all of which slim fit, 16 in the neck, and especially my French cut shirts. I want them all to be impeccably clean, give me medium starch on it, and have a fantastic pressing on it, and then, you know, whatever you need for when you need it, you know, based on the color, based on, you know, whatever the time of the year it is, whatever the material is, a couple of them I've gotten monogrammed. I'll tell you, man, if you ever, if you want to get some more shirts and you need them monogrammed in the cuff, mm-hmm. find a place on Archway Avenue in Chicago, and even wound up having a couple scarves uh, for Christmas gifts done, one for both my dad and my brother, had their initials monogrammed on them, and they look fantastic. No minimums, by the way, which is awesome. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, and, and ever since then, it's basically been all about... Well, for you, you know, you're, you are, I'm... Um, I think you're going to take this as a compliment. You are trapped in America pre-World War II fashion. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, <laughs> so if anyone here has ever seen an episode, a trailer, or even a poster for Boardwalk Empire, you're looking at what Kevin aspires to. Um, <laughs> I honestly believe that if he had DeLorean... With a flux capacitor and 88 miles per hour, <laughs> he would go straight there and he would never come back. It's true. He, just, he would get something to Western Union, like, hey, deliver this to my family, you know, 100 years and let them know I'm good. Well, yeah. Um, you know, and all, and all that and all that stuff. Uh, and then he'd be perfectly happy. He's like, I'm never leaving. I'm just going to stay It's pretty true. I mean, it was, just, it was just every day, like, even now, where it's like you kind of have to almost. I hate to say it, but like, even though I, we talked about fedoras before, I still love my fedora, but you still, when it's not, I'm wearing it, like I'm wearing a baseball hat right now. And I actually wore one to one of our other stores when I went shopping the last week, time I was off. They didn't recognize me at first, just because I don't wear hats that often. I have over probably 30 hats. I just don't wear them. It's like my ties. I stopped counting at 38 ties, even though I don't have to wear them every day. I look really good in them, but... I'm trying to find a better system for managing my tie collection because it's growing mm-hmm. and I've run, I've run out of space because I'm just like, ah, I need to find a better. So I'm, I'm going to probably buy the hangers. Right. Because at first I had the automated one where it's like an automated press button and you go back and forth and it was just too much of a hassle. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's good if you have like like eight or nine ties, but you can't have a whole closet of just automated tie hanger movers. That's just. I don't do mechanical hangers anymore. What do you do? Uh, I have a cedar rack for them. I decided that mechanical I don't like because number one, first and foremost, it did not fit on the bar when I did a new custom job in my closet. 
and it requires maintenance. I don't want to maintain my closet other than the clothing. I'm not for disassembling it. I am not for buying batteries. I'm not for replacing batteries. Oh, yes. There's nothing more than the... Not a fan of it. And you're pressing... Well, you all can't see, but I'm pressing the... I'm right. Pressing right. the button, and you're just like... The light goes out, and you're just like... And you have to manually move it, and then you might lose an arm because you broke it off Correct. and pushed too hard. Exactly. I went to... I mean, Bed Bath & Beyond. Use shoe trees, folks. I'm going to preamble that with, with, with getting shoe trees. Go to Bed Bath and Beyond and get a pair, a set of shoe trees. Folks are using companies are making pine. I don't know if it's either now or they have. I just never noticed it. But when even when I got my my cedar shoe trees, I got about three or four more pairs, and I thought, holy crap! Like there's a whole cedar hanger, you know, to even absorb the moisture from the inside of the closet if it can do that. And I thought, okay, cool. It's got how many hooks on there? I am. I decided I'm going to be done. I'll have reached my limit on ties when I have filled all the. Uh, all the included clips with, with the tie rack. And so, I mean, it, even then, um, kind of like how you said, though, like with me and Boardwalk Empire, I have a tie bar. I have yet to wear it one day. One day I will. I, I thought I've seen you wear it before. I thought you wore it to Rich's wedding. All I remember from Rich's wedding is that I had to go, I had to leave right after the ceremony because I worked at Amazon. I still did nights I at mean, Amazon. Yeah. I didn't even get to go to the reception. That sucked. But uh, yourself, when did you notice that? And then we're going to go for a yeah. break. Um, so for me, for me, it was, um, like, I can't really point to, like, a point in time I was like, I need to start worrying about my clothes. I had just all, I, what I had done was I had picked out things that looked good at the time, and I wore them. But I was not making an effort to coordinate any of my casual wear, apart from t-shirt jeans, t-shirt jeans, t-shirt jeans. Um, I started to hear a bit more about suits and whatnot uh, graduate, when I was in graduate school at UIS. Graduate school at UIS is when I started to get all of my uh, dress shirts monogrammed. Um, I love monogramming. I think monogramming is amazing. But for me, recently, I've really had sort of an awakening when it comes to my clothing and what I wanted to say and do about me. Um, so... I'm going to change gears here ever so slightly, and for whoever is listening to this, if you're trying to figure out, like, hey, what should I buy, what should I do, I'm just going to ask you some questions that I recently heard that have really impacted my life, so much so that I stopped buying clothes for about two weeks, actually about a month, because I was trying to work my way through answering these questions, because in order, I felt once I could answer these questions, I knew what I was going to shop for. Um... And before I get to what the questions are, there are only like four or five of them. You have to know who you are, all right? You may see something that looks really great on someone else, but you have to ask yourself and be realistic. Is that something that will look great on you? Um, that's why you take it off before. I'm taking the label off my cigar because I collect them. Anyway, continue the I'm joke. saying you take it off before you start smoking them, so that way you don't have the... Um, Thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so the questions that were asked were one: Who is someone that you think dresses well? Doesn't have to be a, doesn't have to be a uh, a real person. So it could be a TV character, or a movie character, or it could be someone in your life. Ask yourself: Who is that person or persons? Because need more than a person that you think dresses well. The next question: Ask yourself is why do you think they dress well, and is their style? something that you can emulate. 
once you've moved past that, then the next question you need to ask yourself is, based on what you have now, do your goals accomplish that goal? If your goals don't accomplish that goal, ask yourself why. Is it because, let's say you want to look professional, and you do the t-shirt and jeans. Do those clothes make you look professional in the way that you want? If you say no, then you have to ask yourself, is it because I have the wrong clothes? Like, I have the t-shirt and jeans works for me, but I just don't have the right t-shirt and jeans? Or is it that I shouldn't be wearing t-shirt and jeans at all? Ask yourself, what do you think people think of you when you dress? Because it's not just about what you're saying out, but it's also about the feedback that you're getting. And then last but not least, look at your closet and ask yourself, does your closet represents, represent the best version or versions of yourself that you want to have? So for me, these were a lot of really important questions that I had to sort of work my way through. So for me, I had to ask myself, well, who do I think are, are people that I think dress really, really well or dress in a style that I want to emulate? Because there are people who dress really well, but I would never dress that way. Like people who wear bright colors. I would never dress that way, but I think on them, it works. Yeah. But on me, I feel like I would look like a clown. Right. A really scary clown. Right. And I don't like that. So, um, I'm not sure if anyone here knows about this, but there's this TV show on Amazon from employers uh, called <laughs> Alpha House. Called Alpha House. And one of the characters dressed really well, slim cut suits, um... And then there's also, I like uh, Daniel Craig in the new James Bond films. And so I really thought and pondered about what is it about their style that I liked. And I reached out to the dresser for the Amazon TV show. And I sent him an email. Like, hey, my name is Arthur Mingo. I'm a lawyer. I'm a new lawyer. And I really like the style that you created for this character. Can you sort of explain to me how you all came to that? What were the things you all put in? Why did you all make the choices that you made? Things of that nature. Um, and I really want to say thank you to him uh, because he got back to me with, like within the hour, and it was like a long, long in-depth email. And there was a lot of thought about everything, not just like the color of the suits, but the cut of the suits, the brand of the suits, the fabric of the suits, the the, the shirts and the ties, and how everything was just so. And it even went down to the color of the socks. Uh, I am a fan of colorful socks, but it's important that everything go together. So if you're wearing dark clothes and you have bright socks, ask yourself, okay, I like the bright socks and I like the dark clothes, but do they go together in this one outfit that I'm trying to wear? And so I, once I figured that out, I figured out that my colors for me are dark navy blue, charcoal, gray, and very subtle pinstripes when it comes to suits. Sure. And so now everything is going towards that. So I would say before anyone goes out and starts, you know, like, yo, I got my end of the year bonus, or I got my taxes, taxes, tax returns, tax returns or you know, paycheck, or whatever it may be, and you're like, well, I need new clothes. My clothes store is worn out. Take a pause for the calls. Take a step back and ask yourself, huh. who do I think is a great dresser? And start to, and look that one person or multiple people and look and ask yourself what is it about them what is it about get rid of the personality because you can't talk the personality but you can take inspiration from their clothing right forget what is it you like about it right and so for me it's charcoal dark name blue grays and so after i had this revelation i bought a suit bought my first suit afterwards and i met up with a client and my client has seen me in other suits but this is a new suit the first time the client saw me they didn't see me when i came up the elevator in uh, 
said, hey, I don't want to say the client's name, so I'm just going to say uh, John Smith. Because uh, that's a great standing name for hey. anyone. Yeah. Uh, I went, hey, John, how are you doing? And he was like, whoa, you look more expensive than usual. Um, and I went, what do you mean? He's like, I feel that my, my hourly rate is going to go up now because you have on this really nice suit. Uh-huh. And all that happened was I simply went to Men's Warehouse and I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want a slim cut suit. I want it in a nice gray. And I want it to be a European style. So, and I, but I don't want the large lapels. I want sort of slim lapels, but I want the suit to sort of hug me because that's the style, that's the other people that I think dress well, that's something they have in common. Their suits sort of hug them because as some of you all may know, when it comes to American suits, or when it comes to suits, there are different cuts. So the American, the traditional American cut offers a lot of space in the suit. So you can move around in your jacket and your jacket will not move. Um, and then on the other end of the extreme is the European, especially the Italian, but the European cut is very close to the body. So if you were to move your chest around, that suit will move with you. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so I saw my client, and he was like, wow, that, that suit, and this was his words were, it's so tight. I went, yeah, that's the look I'm going for. And I had bought brand new brown shoes that went with the suit as well. And so he was like, man, I feel like my, your hourly rate is just went up. And I'm like, you know, the hourly rate's the same. I'm not, I'm not charging anymore. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll believe that when I see my new bill. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's, and I, and I take that, I take those lessons to how I dress now. Right. Um, so there are a lot of things that I see at Macy's, David Marcus, Saks, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that looks great. Yeah. But that's not going to look good for me. Right, right, right. But that's not to say you don't have your days of whimsy where you're like, you know what? I know this doesn't match. Mm-hmm. I know, but I'm wearing it anyway. Right. But for the most part, when you dress, even if you're, whenever you leave the house, whether you be, whether you are in a, a nice uh, two-piece, two-button, bottom button, undone. Please. Please. Or you're wearing jeans and a t-shirt, just always ask yourself. Is this the best version of me in these clothes that I can be? Mm-hmm. So I used to wear extra large T-shirts. Mm-hmm. I'm down to larger mediums now because it's a tighter fit mm-hmm. and it looks better. Right. Um, Especially not... if you're going to the gym, which you are. Yes. I, because I, it's gonna. It's like for the guys who like they joke around on it on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm sure it's because it's really happening. More guys, they make you know they resolve to want to go to the gym or. They resolve to want to lose a bunch of weight. Guess what? They have to have stuff altered, or they got to buy all new. Oh yeah, I, I actually, I'm actually getting rid of like. By the end of March, I will only have one suit. Your hourly rate will go up. My hourly rate will go up. <laughs> My hourly rate. Well, damn. <laughs> say goodbye to one seventy-five an hour and say hello to two fifty. Correct. Um, uh, <laughs> because so. This is why I told Rich, because again, another U of I friend, because he's such a math guy, and I'm not, I'm like, dude, when we all get older, I'm trading you a bottle of Jameson for you to do my taxes for me. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to actually have to take a quick break really fast. We got a lot more to talk about, so bear with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to Casa de Montecristo, leading tobacco retailer in Chicago. Casa features a beautiful 3,700-square-foot lounge with a VIP room, a conference room, and theater for hosting your events as well. 
their inventory features products from companies like Regius, Alec Bradley, Davidoff, Camacho, Romeo y Julieta, Ashton, My Father, and dozens more. Their aging room includes cigars and soldas free embargo. Pay them a visit at www.casademontecristo-chicago.com or cdmcigars.com, the home of the only online retailer. Proudly paired with Side Zephyr. Hi, my name is Alan Rubin, and I'm the founder and owner of the Alec Bradley Cigar Company. For 20 years, Alec Bradley has been raising and reinventing the bar for premium cigars. Based in the United States, we grow, harvest, and handcraft the finest cigars utilizing the highest quality tobaccos from around the world. Our quality has been featured in numerous publications worldwide, including Cigar Aficionado, winning Cigar Aficionado's Cigar of the Year in 2011 with our Prinsado line. While we're proud of our accomplishments, we're most proud of doing what we do with passion and an emphasis on family. We oversee every aspect of cigar manufacturing with a care and attention to detail that is unmatched. The end results are cigars that bring people together, enhance relationships, and moments that are well-deserved by those who choose to participate. At Alec Bradley, we have our own flavor, uniqueness, and style. Each cigar is its own experience and is true to itself. As a first-generation cigar maker, we don't have generational history, but we honor the timeless traditions associated with fine cigars, and it's time for us to start our own traditions. So come live true with Alec Bradley. For more information, please visit us at www.alecbradley.com. We proudly pair Alec Bradley with Styles Effort to be true to you. And we are back. Got lots more to talk about. Just want to remind folks that uh, we're very, very thankful for all the support we've gotten from folks. Again, we're at Casa de Monte Cristo in LaGrange, Illinois. But most importantly, right now, I want to uh, acknowledge, once again, Alec Bradley Cigar Company. They're based in, uh, they are an American company based out in Florida. Just, uh, they're great folks. You want to live true with them. They're uh, fantastic lines from the Mundial to the uh, Tempest, the Workhorse Tempest, to the uh, wonderful post embargo. I got my first uh, Alec Bradley Max going on right now. I just finished my uh, Hooligan from the Black Market Collection. It's uh, kind of like a seasonal time of the year for those guys. So they came out with those. Really, really cool. The uh, green tobacco wrapper on top of the uh, feathers in the binder. Got a really nice flavor going on. And uh, I'm a little bit more of a coffee drinker, especially for this time of night, which people think is so crazy. But I'm like, well, it's just coffee. But uh, those guys have been great. Well, you, uh, a big thank you to Jonathan Lipson over there and Mr. Alan Rubin. Uh, of course, the company named after his uh, his kids, both uh, Alec and Bradley. Guys are uh, they're getting a little bit older, so with our huge emphasis on family, it's really great to see the potential of a uh, you know second generation American cigar, uh, cigar company coming into play. So we're going to get right back on into this. Uh, we were just talking during the break about uh, the idea of our, or at least my kind of, I would say, inspirations behind myself. As far as designers, I would say like kind of like my Mount. I'm not sure if he would say like my Mount Rushmore for who I dig the most. Probably Joseph Abood, Tom Ford, Ralph Lauren, possibly Tommy Hilfiger. All American designers. Tom Ford. Yeah. And here's the thing: Tom Ford. He's American because he, he he was born in America. He was born in Texas. He's based in London. I do. I will say that he yeah, is based in London. I feel, I feel like he's. He's like American, and then as soon as he got where he went, I'm out. his shoes are but, made, his shoes are made in Italy. But I mean, that's just you know, 
technicality. Supply. Technicality, right, technicality. But um, I was saying Tom is, uh, I, I believe I've seen all of his interviews. I've seen, you know, what he's done as far as, you know, how he did for uh, Gucci and Issa Laurent, turning their business around and then for Tom Ford International. If I wasn't wearing my, uh, my Oud cologne, I was actually going to be going for some Tom Ford cologne for Christmas. Which one? From Tom Ford? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I once I stopped at the Nordstrom on Michigan Avenue. I tried a couple different, like more like um, if there was like a, if there was like a noir or I just I don't remember. There were so many variations. He has like four, four at least I think four or five for men. Okay. Um, I was actually watching a Tom Ford interview myself, mm-hmm. and he talked about how this is something I never thought about until he said it, and then I'm like once once he said it, it made total sense to me. Someone, the interviewer asked him, "Well, what do you do when you like go out for a party?" He was like, "Apart from you no know, dressing, because he can be snarky like that." Um, he said that he puts in his pockets handfuls of mints. He said because everyone loves to drink booze, but when you're talking, that smell can become an irritant to the person. Except for one thing that he likes, that he thought people would like, but it didn't work out well for him at all. Which was when he was a smoker and a drinker, he loved the smell. I remember that of someone who was drinking vodka and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, he tried to. He actually, and if you think we're making this up, we're not. But Tom Ford tried to create a cologne that mimicked the smell of vodka. I was just literally just about to bring that up because he thought it was sexy. Yeah, he thought he think he he still thinks it's the the sexiest smell ever, Mm. but he just can't figure out how to translate from the party atmosphere into a bottle. Right. But he has tried, evidently. Yeah, uh, I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the guy, even like just the simple nature of how he dresses, he's impeccable. Mm -hmm. He is literally impeccable. I mean, his, whether it's a suit or a tux, impeccably cut. I love his tie bar. Always black. I I know how he feels, actually. I take some quick coffee with a cigar. Hold on. I will say this, though. There's one thing that Tom Uh Tom said that I do keep in mind. Mm -hmm. He said, never be a page in anyone's book. If you're looking at Tom Ford or Brooks Brothers or Gucci or whatever it is that you're looking at, never buy that page and wear that page out on the street. Snippet it, so to speak. Buy what you like in that page and leave the rest behind. Don't buy all of page five. Right. Don't buy... Those shoes, those socks, those pants, the shirt, the tie, the belt, the jacket, and any other accessories. Don't be a right. page. You exactly. are not a model. Right. Either. Which is, that is how I am. Where it's, when you look at a picture, and I've heard, I've heard of guys who, um, they do custom clothiers. And they'll see something in a magazine, or they'll see something that somebody else wears, and they'll adopt little bits and pieces of it. That's exactly how I am. How many companies worth of jeans I had been buying from until I settled on Levi's? They were the kind of cut that I wanted for myself, the kind of the shade, like the dye, and then even on that matter, just learning how to wash them without altering the dye, and then also having them drink too much. But how do you wash your jeans? I, I my Levi's. Mm-hmm. Since I've bought them, I've maybe washed them twice each. There you go. Yeah, I turn them inside out and then I hand dry them. I turn them inside. I I turn them inside out. I wash them, and then I hang, I air dry them. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, I remember telling my mom about it. I said, "Yeah, I said apparently the owner or like CEO of Levi's or however it was, like some uh, executive individual, said 
to put your jeans in the freezer when you're not wearing them because mm. it kills the bacteria. And then when you're actually ready to wash them, that. Yeah. I remember telling my mom that. And she's like, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I thought, well. I've heard people say like they spray their jeans um, with a mixture of vodka and water because it kills any odors that may be on them. Now, yeah. of course, this has been excessive. Um, the, the main reason why you should not wash your jeans on a consistent basis is that you want it to keep the, its color right. and its shape. Right. Because the more you wear those jeans, the more they're going to mold and fit your bite and wash them sort of as a reset button. Right. You don't want it to reset button. However, if someone throws up on your jeans, uh, if you happen to get down and dirty, and it's not something that you can, that you can shake out, then obviously wash them there. Right. Don't go, oh no, it's going to reset. You need to wash them there. I mean, even paintball pants, for that matter, like for folks who, um, if a paintball pant, which paintball pants are not cheap by any means, mm-hmm. uh, like the camouflaged or multi-cam or as we call it, multi-sham, like the Chinese-made versions um, that are not quite precision, um, we use shout. Like when a certain paintball, like when a formulated of a paintball, like a fill, when you don't want, if you want to, hopefully it doesn't stain the pattern on the pant, you shout. At least that's what I would do. My brother and I, we would cover up the valve girl from our pads, throw them into the washer on a, like a very delicate setting, throw the shot, you know, the shout on top of whatever hits, mm-hmm. and then turn them inside out because you're trying to preserve that color. Size, paintball pants are always going to be baggy. That's just the nature of their build. Right. But in the nature of, again, protecting that color, yeah, and especially now with like stone wash jeans or distressed jeans, you know, the pre, pre-torn rip jeans, whatever it was, like the, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. just how to preserve that. And especially if you're being, I mean, my, you know, so my, my former management would give me crap for shopping at Kohl's, but I'm like, I'm not paying a certain amount of money for jeans. How much is the most you would pay for a pair of jeans? What's the most? Mm-hmm. Uh, 90-something. Okay. I think it was an Express. Oh, okay. They, well, they, they, they shrunk. They shrunk. <laughs> But did they shrink on you so that they fit better, or was it just a bad shrinkage? Oh no, they were. It was like in my quads, like around my thighs, and it's it's one thing when it's flattering, but another Tom Ford quote when he they some student asked him once. They said, uh, "What is a what some kind of like style advice you would give somebody?" He said, "Never ever ever wear anything you would be remotely uncomfortable in." And if I'm sitting there. I think I wore them for, I went to like a performance or I was in a theater, might have been a date, whatever the hell it was, it's kind of irrelevant. When you're sitting there and you're uncomfortable in your own damn pants, like when you're feeling claustrophobic in what you're wearing, I don't, I mean, to a degree, I would be lying if I still didn't say they look good still, but I'm just like, damn, like I'm not going to be, I want to be wearing my clothes. I don't want my clothes to be wearing me. Right. And again, so it was like express jeans. Gap jeans, they shrunk. Be better than the Gap. <laughs> well, it was the sake of... Exp- I was young, I was experimenting. Oh, okay. Again, this all is all about is, style evolution. You know in, I mean? in case, anyone, in case anyone, anyone, anyone is wondering why I said that, it has to do with this movie Crazy Stupid Love. And Have you seen it before? Mm-mm. Fantastic. It's a great rom-com. It's a great, great date film. But in it, one of the characters is at, out shopping and he tells somebody else, oh yeah, I'm good on jeans. I get them from the Gap. The guy slaps him and says, be better than the gap. Just be better than the gap. Um, and I have nothing against the gap. I actually, I don't think I've ever actually bought anything from that. I've never been to the gap before. If I had not found 
a denim jacket of the of the again the dye color that I had wanted from one of my company's uh, premium discount stores. I was probably going to have bought a denim Gap jacket. If not Levi's, it would have been Gap. Because I mean, and even then, it's like the way that they're cut. I went large. My mom tried it on, and it, she was like, "I've always wanted one." Yeah. Really hope she doesn't hear that. Yeah. I, I hope she tunes in. I just hope that she kind of gives that one. But anywho, yeah. Um, yeah, and and even then, now I'm gonna have to experiment with how to keep and wash that guy without drinking too much or anything else like that. But it's my first denim jacket cold. since I was like five. Wash it in cold. Cold one. You do wash it. Wash it in cold. Um, by itself. Hmm. And. Uh, um, I don't know what type of detergent you use, but I think there is a detergent just for delicates. And I want to mm-hmm. try that. Yeah. Because while we're talking, we will, I, I, we will have a whole podcast about how to keep your clothes clothes clean. That is not this podcast. This is the next progression of this podcast. But don't forget that if you have, like for me, I really have to do this now. If you own a lot of dark colored clothes, um, I know that wool light makes a... Uh, detergent that's designed to help your clothes stay dark longer. Hmm. So, um, I worked at Macy's. Uh, I sold matches for a year at Macy's. I remember, and, I remember stories. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which will not be told here. Um, but, and so, one of the guys who have worked in my department for quite some time pulled me aside and said, hey, you, you, you're dressing pretty nice. But because you have to wear black all the time and you're washing your clothes all the time, you want you should buy this wool light so that you're not burning through slacks. Because if you if you have the right detergent and you treat your pants the right way, they will stay dark long. Now the problem with dark clothes is that there will be fading. I mean, there's just no way around that. But the question is, can you slow that rate down? And mm-hmm. with wool light darts, you can really slow it down to the yeah. point where it's like, okay, I can get you know some some miles out of these pants. Right, especially for and I've used wool light like the classic fill the sink up with water because as much I love my alpaca socks. There's a specific company in Canada that for the last few years, like for Chicago folks, um, this company shows up at the Chris Kindle market. Mm-hmm. Oh, Canada! And how? And these socks are fantastic. The last few, like every year, my mom and I will go to the Christmas Carol at the Goodman Theater. This one particular gentleman has always shown up, and I'll always buy at least two or three pairs of socks from him at a time. This past year, they actually had like a dressier version. It was just, it was the same material again, like the same, any kind of like blend or anything else like that. Just a little bit slimmer, so you could try to wear it with like dressier shoes. They were not, they didn't look dressy at all, just a little bit slimmer, whereas the original socks were much more like looser fitting, a little bit more baggy. I've worn the, the hell out of those. Like I would wear those as opposed to my slippers. And you know, fill the sink up with water, fill the cap up with walleye, swash it around, and again, like air or fan dry it. Just let it hang there for a day or so, and then just kind of like, you know, that water kind of recesses down. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever kind of works for you at that point. Um, your taste does not you know, is going to change over time, and especially if your budget budget starts to change. I've come this close, uh, Gentlemen's Cooperative downtown, uh, Nick and Roy are great guys. I got an estimate from them on a custom shirt. I'm going to wind up going bespoke this year. I'm at least going to start with a shirt. Mm-hmm. Again, just white, which, I mean, you know, for anybody who wants to even, like, class themselves up a bit, and again, like, kind of, like, emphasizing, like, at the very minimum ironing, go to Walmart and get, like, a, a nice iron, or even steam it, but I'd still recommend... Um, 
Iron Angle with a nice starch on there. I'm a medium starch kind of guy. I don't do starch at all. No? No, I, I just, I go crazy when it comes to steam. Which, and even then, it's going to come down to budgetary. As I made mention of the guys at the cooperative, as much as, a, again, a fan I am as, you know, Tom Ford, Ralph Lauren, like you said, like, his whole career was influenced and based around, like, the classic polo matches of the 20s mm-hmm. and being that lifestyle kind of brand that he is, whereas for me, Joseph Abood is very much full-bodied character. Like, I follow him on Instagram. I love their textures. I love their colors. I love the materials and so on. But Men's Warehouse does have, um, last time I picked up my suit from there, my top coat needed some button repairs on them. And they made mention to me, they said, hey, uh, manager's a great guy at my men's warehouse. He said, hey, we're doing custom now. So even then, it's like, uh, they're done by Joseph Abood, Italian fabrics. And, you know, that's the wonderful thing about the bespoke when you have a master tailor and that much more um, time and effort and kind of like on-the-spot research where it's like if you have a part of your body where like a shoulder isn't quite proportionate, you have one arm slightly longer than the other, that's the quality. Right. That's the amount of, you know, when you wonder, like, why am I paying for this? It's not just in the the labor intensity of the actual construction process. It's in the fitting itself as well. Because think about it. When you you buy something that is off the rack, or it's already there, it's cut to fit a mannequin of a person of a certain height, weight, and shape size. Um, Whenever you get a chance, look look at your body, and you will see that no person, well, let's just say no person, a very, very small percentage of the population is completely proportional. We all tend to have one bit that's a little bit longer than the other bit. Maybe your right arms, a few inches or parts of an inch longer than your left. Maybe one shoulder is a little bit higher than the other shoulder. These things happen. I mean, it's just a way of life. And when you buy something off of the rack, that they can't take care of it. I mean, they can take care of the difference in arm length, but they can't take care of the shoulder. That's just that's the way that suit's cut. So either either you have to shop around and find a suit jacket that minimizes the issue as best as you can, or you just deal with it with the suit that you first picked out. Um, whereas with you have like a bespoke or a custom made, you know that tailor's going to say, you know what, your left shoulder it comes out just a little bit more, so we're going to have to adjust it this way. Um, and those are those things are important. Um, I, I fully endorse going custom, but at the same time, I don't believe that you should live in your clothes. That is to say that if you have other things that are important in your life, budgetary-wise, do not go for the custom suit. I want you to have a home. I want yeah. you to have heat in your home. There is a time and place. There's a time and place. I want like, you to have food. Right. Because um, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, with respect to that, because it's like all my stuff, again, you know, obviously is off the peg, and it's it's like how we started the conversation about your own style evolution. It's about learning more about yourself, what you want to portray to the world. You're conveying your personality and it's not just a matter of how it's made, but just how you wear it. And like I said, sometimes less is more. Sometimes it's in the colors of how you wear certain things. And it's about being true to you. We're going to wind this down, but don't worry. We've got plenty more. We're going to work on the frequency for these guys. Going to have a few more resources as well coming up. But, um, folks, I want to thank you very much for listening to episode two. Um, so, yeah, once again, I want to be uh, a big old thank you out to Alec Bradley. This Max is absolutely fantastic. Really nice. A um, little bit more of a full-body cigar. The burn on it is absolutely perfect so far. I have not had to correct it one bit. 
So thank you to Alec Bradley. Live true with those folks over at alecbradley.com. Uh, got some beautiful fine and rares I found out on the street the other day. They got their brand new yearly release of the uh, fine and rare. The, uh, the hooligan with the black market line. So make sure that you're going to be uh, checking those guys out as well. And if you're going to be doing so, make sure you're going to be doing it over at Casa de Monte Cristo. That guy, again, is at uh, 1332 West 55th Street here in Countryside, Illinois. So until next time, Arthur, man, you want to say goodnight? Uh, have a good night, everyone. And remember, your clothes don't make you who you are. It's your confidence. Your clothes are simply there just to accentuate what you already have. It's all good. Yeah. Live true, folks. Till next time.